Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. We're also members of the Virginia Audio Collective and the Family Podcast Network, Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And today we're excited to be joined by Dr. Joel Schmidt, who is retiring from Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU. We want to talk about the conclusion to his private sector medical career, which followed a quarter century as a physician in the U.S. Army. We'll chat about all of those things, his work in cystic fibrosis and more. And with that, welcome to the program, sir. Great. Thanks, Julian. Thanks for having me. Well, it's our pleasure, and we appreciate you being with us. Before looking back on your career, I wonder if you can share your thoughts on identifying the right time to retire. We mentioned that you've had a long and storied career as a military physician who left the service as a colonel and a second act in the private sector as a hospitalist, and you've accomplished a lot. But I think a lot of people perhaps wrestle with that decision about retiring and what is the right time. And I will tell you as someone who's, you know, in their late 40s going on 50, while I'm very happy in the working world, I, I do wonder about how you ultimately come to that decision. So if you have any kernels or just any anecdotes <laughs> you can share about just arriving at that decision and how you got there. I get it. Kernels, funny. Um, no, so actually that's a very difficult question and, and something that I've obviously had to answer myself. Uh, when is the right time to retire? You know when it's too late to retire, um, and sadly you read about it or you hear about friends or acquaintances or others who, you know, have an accident or have an illness or, or you know, their spouse has, has something and, and you just can't do the things that you wanted to do in retirement you think you should have done it. So there's a hindsight part to that that, that you just can't get. So I think I remember 50 years ago when I first started working, my first job was doing maintenance during a summer job, you know, one those kind of jobs that you take so you can convince yourself that you need to go to college. Um, <laughs> and I thought, man, 50 years from now, I am out of here. But when that time comes, when you love what you're doing, it's it's tough to, it's tough to hang it up. Well, uh, certainly that sounds like a very understandable set of emotions. And I, and I too, as a very young person, worked in blue-collar manual labor, uh, including in a, in a factory once upon a time, as well as framing homes. So I can certainly relate to that. Your background, Dr. Schmidt, is in pediatrics, and you a lot of your work has focused on the treatment of cystic fibrosis, which for our listeners is a rare genetic disorder that causes the lungs and digestive system to get clogged with mucus. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how you came to that work in particular. Sure. Well, my first introduction to cystic fibrosis was through a classmate in high school. Her sister and her had cystic fibrosis, and as a sophomore in high school, her sister died. So as a school body, we wanted to do something for the family, but they put us in touch with the foundation. So we started a dance-a-thon to, you know, raise money for cystic fibrosis. Our goal was like $9,000, and we raised $16,000, and we thought we were the hottest thing since sliced bread. But uh, years, I think they're at their 30-something dance-a-thon, and they raise over $150,000 every year. Anyway, so, you know, I could look back at that and say maybe that was, I left high school saying I'm going to do something about cystic fibrosis, but it wasn't. It wasn't until during medical school, during my third year, when I was following around um, a pediatric pulmonologist, a fellow by the name of Ed Kendig, who literally wrote the textbook on, on pediatric lung diseases. And I just thought that, you know, he had an amazing practice. He was an amazing physician. Uh, every, his patients loved him, and I thought, I'd like to emulate that. So uh, I think that's what kicked it off. 
Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytic services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. I appreciate you sharing that background. It's good to hear that that fundraiser that you started is still going strong. We should note at this point that there is currently no cure for cystic fibrosis, and individuals with the condition tend to have a reduced life expectancy, although that life expectancy has certainly improved in recent decades, and now it's middle age, I believe, is the current life expectancy. Regular maintenance of this condition can involve drumming the back to loosen up mucus formations in the body. I wonder, Dr. Schmidt, if you could tell us from your view, having spent a career working in this area, what you see as sort of the most exciting or intriguing, promising treatments in development that hopefully one day will make uh, treating and combating this condition uh, even more effective. There have been many developments, and some of them incremental changes, and some of them significant steps. Um, Fifty years ago, when the CF Foundation was first started, it was a group of parents that were sick of physicians having only to tell them that, you know, love your child, um, they're not going to make it past preschool. So they decided to raise their own money and pay for some research. And the first milestones were made in nutrition. Infectious disease was a major part of it. And those um, advanced the age, like I said, in high school, the average uh, predicted life expectancy was 18 uh, now, like you said, it's just over 50, and the most recent milestone is actually a small molecule that attaches to and changes the function of the genetically malformed protein. With that protein now able to function, mucus is improved, airway clearance is improved, infections are decreased. And in pediatrics, those patients you know, may have had the disease for only 5 years, 10 years, 18 years, and chemical that changes the structure of the protein like that just adds decades. But even adults, there have been many adults and they started this new medication and they're able to come off the list and go back to jobs. And it's just been an amazing medicine. Well, I appreciate you sharing that information and those updates. One of the things, and and talking with you, this is not hard to imagine uh, because you seem to have a very easygoing way about you, but one of the things I've heard about you is your bedside manner with patients, which you're renowned for, setting patients of all ages at ease as part of the job description for physicians, obviously, but it's certainly an asset when working with younger hospital patients. What's your secret for having that bedside manner that others rave about? I wish I could let you know. I'm not sure what my secret is. I think I do like to have fun, and many people will tell me that, and it's easy to do that in pediatrics. You can joke around you to get you know on the patient's side and get them in a playful manner rather than a fearful manner. But I also take a lot of time to explain things. Like you said, I'm retired Army, so it's not like I'm pressed to see as many patients as I can. I, I give them the time they need, and I think the parents appreciate that and the children appreciate that rather than getting in their face and getting the things done that you need to do. So I take time and I have fun. I think that's the secret. Good piece of advice. Take time and enjoy your work, certainly, and, and be focused on it. Uh, you just mentioned uh, your service in the Army. We alluded earlier that you had a 26-year military career 
during which you served as a community hospital deputy commander, as a member of the Army Surgeon General Staff, and eventually the Chief of Pediatric Pulmonology at Walter Reed Army Medical Center and Director of the Cystic Fibrosis Center at Bethesda's Naval Medical Center. Looking back on all of that, what are some of the highlights of that phase of your career, sir? It was certainly a, a life-changing experience for me. I, I had uh, my my job as a physician, uh, same as I'm doing now, but I also had a job as a soldier, and I was deployed uh, to Kuwait at the time, taking care of the soldiers. And, and I also had great jobs where I was uh, the traveling doc for Capstone Program, a program where uh, newly minted general officers learn more how to be a statesman rather than to be a officer. But I, I think the experience that I gathered is more along the lines of what we would call socialized medicine. You know, in, in the Army, it doesn't matter what rank you are. It doesn't matter what position you are. Everybody is treated the same. And, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have to ask for insurance. I didn't have to worry about the copay. Could they afford the lab I was getting? Could they afford the medicine? You know, it was all taken care of as, as part of the plan. And by definition, all of my patients had at least one parent with a job. And, you know, when you come to the to the civilian practice of medicine, how that changes in your practice and how that changes the care that can be provided. It, it was it was eye-opening for me, and there are sometimes I wish I, I could go back to that way that we're practicing medicine where you didn't have to worry about those things. We opened by asking you about retirement, so I'll bring it full circle here and ask you about post-retirement plans. Now that you are soon to depart full-time medical practice, what are you looking forward to in retirement? Well, uh, my wife and I are calling it our barge tour. Uh, it's not it's not a riverboat kind of thing. It's we have friends all over the United States, so we're we got an RV and we're going to use it and we're going to barge in on people and and rekindle old friendships. So our first trip is out to um, to Calgary, the Calgary Stampede in Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. And on the way, we've got two weeks of stops going out there and coming back. So do a lot of traveling. My grandchildren, my granddaughters live in Hawaii. My son is in the Army and stationed out there. And my daughter is an Army JAG officer, and she's headed out to Korea on Monday. So we're planning to visit her. Never been across the international dateline. I've got to figure that out. And then we've got another daughter here as a nurse in, in Richmond, and she'll keep watering the plants while we're gone, I hope. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a good plan. Well, safe travels, enjoy Canada, and I guess you'll have to fly to Hawaii. I don't know if you can get the RV over there. but <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Before we let you go, Dr. Schmidt, it's a tradition on the podcast to ask our guests a few personal questions to give our listeners a sense of who they are beyond the work they do. To keep things interesting, we have developed a list of 10 mystery questions. So we'd like to ask you to choose two numbers between 1 and 10, and then I'll ask you the corresponding questions. Okay, let's try seven and eight. Okay, seven. If you could choose one superpower to have or any one skill to instantly master, what would it be and why? <laughs> I have I have thought about that, um, and I've and I've seen quizzes, and I think the most popular superpower is flight. I think I'd like invisibility. I'm not sure I would need that so much now, but I I would love to be a fly on the wall, find the true answer of. Are my patients really using the medicines that they're supposed to be using the way they're supposed to do it? (laughs) Well, invisibility could be advantageous in certain situations, that's for sure. Uh, And then you also selected number eight. Tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. Oh, gosh. It would probably be my wedding day. 
So as I mentioned, the trip to the Calgary Stampede will be in the fairgrounds in Calgary for the Stampede on our 40th wedding anniversary. Well, happy anniversary upcoming. And I do want to thank you for being with us today, Dr. Schmidt. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. We want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Joel Schmidt from Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU for joining us today. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you very much for taking the time. 